0: Boom, boom! Welcome to my room, mofo. (laughs) This is this is creative writing episode one three zero. You got that right. The big one thirty. Wiggins is out of the house tonight, but guess what? We're gonna have some cool people on later. We might even have the results of the Solstice Slam coming up on this episode. But we definitely have some news, some racing, some motorcycle podcaster challenge, and some miscellaneous blab blab. By yours truly. Let's get into the show. All right, we know what a wheelie just quit doing that, all right? So, hey, everybody, what's up? What's up with you? What's up with me? Um, I have a really good show tonight lined up. I feel like I do, at least. And uh, first things first, I would like to say thank you to our patrons for the support of the show. The show is officially being supported by patrons now, and they've taken over. They completely run what we do and say, um, yes, I love your bike, Mr. and Mrs. Patron. (laughs) Whatever. Anyway, if you'd like to become a patron, um, go ahead and go over to patreon.com forward slash creative writing and check it out, and we'll have more information for you at the end of the show. I mean, that's basically all of it. What more are we going to talk about? I don't know. Uh, Anyway, let's move on a little bit. Coming up on this show, uh, I do want to say we got some upcoming news. Like I said, there's a lot of racing, lots of racing, just because... It is the season to race. I mean, it's hot. It's beautiful out. Weather's been super, super nice. And uh, all over the all over the U.S., all over the world, I feel like there has just been like this crazy, crazy amount of racing. Um, I don't know. It's, just, it's really great right now to see what's been going on over the past month or two. Um, and then from the Isle of Man to Pikes Peak, like we got it all happening right now. And then we're going to wrap it up with the... Uh, Pardon me with Sturgis and all that great stuff coming up here. Before you know it, and I feel like last summer I said the same thing. Like we're officially today's June, yeah, we're officially in summer right now. But before you know it, this is all going to be over. We're going to be like looking toward, forward to Sturgis and uh, winterizing our bikes and all that. So that's making me sad, and it's just started. So I know how I I feel you, you guys up in Minnesota and Wisconsin. And uh, other places it starts with M, like Michigan, um where it was just negative 30 about, I don't know, eight or 10 weeks ago and now it's 130 plus with the heat index i'm feeling you but you got to get out there and ride and do what you're going to do in this time um something else i wanted to mention was there's been a whole lot of stuff happening with uh co-host chris i i watched um some of the highlights from the uh, boise idaho qualifier for the x games and i do want to say that i think he got in him and his teammate Josh, the Speed Merchant uh, crew, got into the X Games along with a couple other people like, you know, maybe like Robbie Madison and I think maybe Travis Pastrana. I don't know. Like, I don't know who, who all got in, but uh, just want to say congrats to the co-host for getting in there, baby. Making it to uh, making it to X Games I don't know if it was through a LCQ I don't know what it was I think he did another burnout I think some dudes in orange coats ran over And waved their finger at him Because they didn't want him messing up the coke syrup But uh, you did it, bud And we're proud of you All of us here at Creative Writing are very proud um, I do want to say something before we get into this week's show Which is, let's just do it Let's do it right now get into the show. Those sound effects are for people that purely love the Motorcycle Man podcast. <laughs> um, first things first, we're going to do some news. Now that the co-host isn't here, and I've got 20 minutes to myself to blab a little bit about the news, uh, I've got plenty of it to cover. Uh, the first thing I do want to say is that uh, I want to say uh, Cyril Hughes passed away um, a couple weeks ago and uh, basically I was uh, talking about his blog and talking about uh, supporting it and, and things like that unbeknownst to me um Cyril had passed away I think that episode that that had come out and so um yeah I'm to all his family my heart goes out I think his son uh, had something on Instagram to say about it the day that it happened I think he passed away like the last day of May or something and it's been a couple weeks because things have been going on and we had uh, everybody in town a couple weeks ago and uh, the way we record these shows um I think Wiggins has talked about that before where Something is said, and then a couple days later, it might have already happened, and then the show comes out then. So, um, yeah, I did, I did want to just say a big shout out to Cyril Hughes. It was a, if you go over to Cyril, Cyril Hughes' blog, um, a lot of great motorcycle stuff on there, and a lot of people got their news from that. And uh, yeah, I just hope his family continues um, to carry on the Cyril Hughes uh, tradition of writing about motorcycles and uh, keeping the motorcycle community informed about what's going on. Uh, and other news, a lot of racing news happening, and I'm sure you've heard it on a thousand other podcasts because I heard it even last week and I didn't really uh, say much about it then, but little did I know it was going to be some crazy, crazy uh news that everybody's picking up on every every podcast whether they are a racing podcast, a news podcast or just a, a Harley-Davidson Cruiser podcast, everybody was talking about a few things this week. One of them is that Jorge Lorenzo, so George Lawrence is moving over from Ducati. Um, we know that, uh, okay, this is really weird because I quit following MotoGP for the most part, but I do listen to Front End Chatter, which is a great podcast. It's Britain's uh, best biking podcast, actually. And um, you go over there and listen to the stuff they have to say about uh, Valentino Rossi last year. It's pretty uh, revealing. The guy, uh, the, you know, he seemed to be losing his mind. He seemed to be like out of it and making all sorts of crazy accusations. And then fast forward to this year. Um, you know, he, Valentino Rossi didn't like being teammates or did for, maybe it was Lorenzo didn't like being teammates with Rossi. I don't know how the, how the, uh, events unfolded, but either way, they were a little bit like oil and water. And instead of like oil and balsamic vinegar, where you compliment each other, they sort of were, mm, I don't know. Rossi definitely had some words to say, uh, when, The last year that Lorenzo was on a um, Yamaha with him. And then Valentino goes over to Ducati and says, Yeah, I'm going to make it big on an Italian bike racing in Italy. And, you know, all the Italian rounds home fans are going to have my back and love it. Well, as we know, Stoner is the last guy besides Bayless that could really do, and uh, maybe even Larry Pegram, that could do uh, Ducati any you know, justice. They're just, they were hard to ride. And I'm surprised that we didn't see like more BMWs and Suzuki's in MotoGP. But, um, anyway, so we didn't, we saw Ducati and he went over there and he's actually been doing sort of, he couldn't do what Rossi couldn't either. It just turns out that Ducati is just a really hard bike to ride. And, uh, I'm not even sure who was riding Ducati's at the time. I don't know if it's Yanone was riding him. I don't, I don't even remember who, uh, Lorenzo's teammate was, but, um, or Valentino Rossi's teammate for that matter. But, um, but yeah, so the Ducatis were just super hard to ride, I guess. And, uh, and I think Hayden's been on the Ducati, uh, his last few years and just, he, he wasn't doing very well either. So, uh, just hard bikes to ride and, and do well in. Um, but, So, Jorge Lorenzo didn't do very well either and kind of dropped out of the limelight with Marquez taking over and winning 94 uh, championships, much to the chagrin of people everywhere. Um, So, what happens is he says, hey, Ducati, I'm going to bail. And he's leaving Ducati for Honda. And all of a sudden wins. I think he won Mugello or whatever was, whatever the last round of MotoGP was. So, but the big news like, this is the time of year they call silly season, which is when all the speculation and all the crazy stuff starts to happen before the end of the year actually happens and the contracts are renewed. Well, we're starting to hear about it now. And indeed, he's leaving Ducati. Um, I think it was Mutual, or, you know, I'm not even sure if he was maybe even fired from Ducati, but he's going over to Honda. Why is it? How is there a seat open at Honda? Well, Danny Pedrosa, after 18 years, is leaving Honda, and from what we know about that, um, he doesn't have a ride for for next year. And there was some big news on BN Sports. I, I mentioned this a little a uh, few weeks ago. It's so amazing. Go to BN Sports USA on YouTube, and you can see they're in the pit or pit paddock or whatever they call their racing show. It's m- almost all motorcycle related, and they have. Uh, Interviews with people um, about this sort of stuff, and they were talking about Pedrosa, so the big press, um, the big press crew that was there. I think I read about it also online, um, and basically there was like normally where there's fifty or sixty people on these like semi truck, you know impromptu stages for the press there was like two or three hundred people to hear what danny pedrosa said he was going to do and what he said was "eh, you know the future's bright he didn't say i'm retiring none of that stuff so we're everyone's waiting to see where he's going to go and i don't i guess it was a satellite honda team that was maybe the opening and he's not gonna do that i guess um or maybe he's maybe that's what it is. maybe there's speculation that he's going to do that but Nobody really knows what he's going to do. And he said, I don't know what I'm going to do. <laughs> so he said, this is just an announcement that there's no real announcement. Uh, I just have some plans or something like that. So it's kind of like this weird all-for-not thing. Um, going back to Lorenzo moving to Honda... And uh, basically something that front-end chatter that year that Rossi broke down, I forget when it was. I want to say it was twenty end of 15 or 16 uh, when he got all Machiavellian and, and he was talking about Lorenzo blocked him so that Marquez could win I think that happened a few, like halfway in, he was going for his 10th title or whatever, and he was all mad because he was saying his own teammate was blocking him, right? This is a, this is before he went to Ducati. Um, and it was because, you know, he was a S- Spaniard and Marquez was a Spaniard and he was helping him out. And Lorenzo's like, dude, what are you talking about? What, what crack are you smoking? So this whole big thing blew up uh, in the years prior to um, Lorenzo, or I mean, uh, right before... I mean, I think this was part of the reason why uh, Rossi wanted to move and go to Ducati. And, uh, you know, the thing is is that um, he came back to Yamaha and wasn't doing so hot either. That just proves that I think he wanted out of there just because him and George didn't didn't mesh so well. So now if Rossi was right in that whole season, I'm guessing – 2015 was all because, uh, you know, there was some conspiracy going where Lorenzo was helping Marquez win and he was blocking people and they were acting like country, you know, Spanish countrymen teammates instead of rivals on the track. Uh, Now we'll be able to see because it's so weird. I I just heard another, uh, was it Pit Pass? I think Pit Pass Moto uh, Weekly, you know, the radio show out of Iowa. I think they were talking about Lorenzo and Marquez, you know, Marquez is a champion and Lorenzo is an attention hound. And I think that's why him and part of the reason him and Rossi didn't get along well at Yamaha, cause they're both attention hounds. Um, what's going to happen when he goes over and he's riding with this kid. I mean, he's driven, right? He's obviously, um, he's been a champ. He wants to be the champ again, and he's been riding like crazy and jumping seats just to see what bikes he can get on and this and that. So it'll be interesting to see what happens here now that he's, uh, going to be on the in my opinion the top two riders in MotoGP are going to be on a team together so it's going to be like the Pedrosa Hayden years when they were both on Hondas or whatever Um, so yeah I'm, I'm excited was that I sound like a total fool was that Nikki Hayden's partner wasn't it Pedrosa Anyway, at any rate, yeah, so that's what's happening in the world of MotoGP. I really don't follow it, but um, there's been so much talk about it recently that I could not not say something about it. Uh, Elsewhere in racing, in the racing news, uh, Pikes Peak, that is happening. Uh, They did actually, you know, they do like a two-week thing. So last week I mentioned that it was going to be coming up, um, and they did. They started qualifying. They started... Think like safety course or safety riding, and all the safety classes that the the new people have to take. Um, they do. I heard it described as uh, swapping the cars do the top one day, and the bikes do the bottom, and then they'll swap, and the bikes do the top, and the cars do the bottom. And you, you I don't, you don't get to run the whole course, but I think you learn and qualify. You get to learn a section and qualify on that. And, um, so that's happening this week and then, and kind of started load in and all that great stuff last week. And then here's the crazy thing about Pike's Peak is that the competitors, uh, you fly in there, you set up camp, they have, um, for the most part, what I've seen is that the, Pits and everything used to be at the bottom, but now I heard this year that half the qualifying's at the top. So I'm not sure how they have them set up, but you know they paved it all the way up. Um, there's places for the for the teams to set up alongside, but the wake up call is like 3 a.m. You have riders meetings, morning chat safety chat, whatever, and then you get up on the hill and you start qualifying and doing your practice. And and if you're a newcomer, you start doing your whatever, your uh your training runs or whatever. So getting up at three every morning to go run this thing at altitude. Remember Pike's Peak is uh I forget it. It's like 11,000 to 14,000 feet, or something like that. Um, Yetis, it's even too high for Yetis to live in Sasquatch. So it's crazy. Um, Sometimes it'll be sunny at the bottom of the mountain and totally snowing at the top, too. So it's just, it's an interesting, interesting race. Um, And to hear firsthand accounts, from some of the competitors about what's happening is just super interesting to me and uh, getting up at 3am doing all your racing and qualifying and then getting off the mountain before the park opens. Cause it's actually like a national park, you know, Pike's peak is like a scenic drive. So you have to get off the mountain before like eight, 30 or 9 or whatever when it opens to the public So you're doing all this junk, you're waking up Getting your riders meeting, doing your safety tech Tech inspections, blah 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 I mean it's like crazy, all before the sun comes up Probably, as soon as the sun comes up you're out there I remember uh, a couple years ago Don Cane was uh, Qualifying and uh, hit a shadow and there was uh, some ice in the shadow or like just really cold pavement in the shadow. So, I mean, that's what we're we're talking. These guys are going out there before the public gets there. They're done with their day until race day. So, uh, I did see that there's a couple options. You c- it's going to be streaming on Sunday. Somebody said through pikespeak.com or something like that. Or if I, if you're going to, um, look for Broadmoor Pikes Peak International Hill Climber PPIHC because I don't think it's pikespeak.com is the uh, the race site. But somebody said that through there it will be streaming. Maybe they have a Facebook Live page. I don't know. But also uh, there's another service that I just saw on Instagram. I'll try and look that up uh, for you before the end of the show <clears throat> and let you know where you can stream that. But I think that's $4.99 to view it. And they've got cameras set up all over the hill. So that's going to be really cool. This is like obviously America's isle of man sort of. Um, yeah. Next thing, flat track results. We're going to go from Springfield to OKC because I think the, I think Wiggins walked us through, um, Sacramento, right? So we left off at Springfield and we haven't talked about flat track for weeks, um, except for what Wiggins has talked about that he's doing in flat track. So here it is. We're going to blow through this. Um, from the Springfield TT, which is a singles only race, we had Dan Bromley, Jesse Janish, and Oliver Brindley. And that was a really cool race. I did, I was able to watch that one. Um, basically, Dan Bromley, it was a hard fought, a uh, lot of attrition in that one, in the singles. Um, this guy, Max Whale, that my son was uh, hoping would win, I think he went down twice, but he had a pretty good run. Um, and I don't think Janish was in second. I forget who was in second. Um, crashed out or something like that. And Janish came up and Brindley came up and then finished the race off. It was really close, I think, too, between uh, Janish and Bromley at the end there. Um, But that was a good race. The singles are getting just closer and closer. Every single singles race, you could throw a wet blanket over the top three. It's pretty cool. So I'm really stoked about the singles class. Um, The Springfield Mile happened the next day. We had uh, Jay Carver, Jay Meese, and Kenny Kubeth. Pardon me. I almost killed myself there. Uh, yeah. So Carver, you know, he went out, um, in Sacramento with the mechanical and, Wiggins talked about that. the the uh, They were trying to save weight in the clutch or something like that and used aluminum bolts they sheared off and uh, oil spraying everywhere. So it was meant to be because he was going to win Springfield. Well, he certainly did. He took first with a commanding lead at uh, the Springfield mile. Jay Meese following in second, and I was so happy to see Kenny Coolbeth back up there on the podium in third spot. Um, Mikey Rush, who is uh, number eight, was the only non-Indian in the first 12. So the, the 11 out of 12 Indians uh, were on the podium <laughs> there. It was pretty crazy. Um, and in Sacramento, let's back up to Sacramento. I counted that too. And the first uh, Indian was in the first seven spots. There were seven out of the top 10 were Indians. Excuse me. And So yeah, Springfield, 11 of the first 12 were Indians. And the first seven spots were all Indians. Um, then we had the Red Mile, Kentucky Red Mile, uh, the singles. We had Colby Carlisle, Kevin Stolings, and Shayna Texter. I did not watch that. That's we were at the. Uh, this is when the Misfits were in town, and so I didn't get to see that one. But I'm glad Colby Carlisle's getting back on top, Mister Consistency. I don't think he's first in points. I think uh, Dan Bromley might be first in points now, and I think Ryan Wells might be in second or something like that. Um, but Colby Carlisle, he. Uh, Ran got first. Kevin Stollings was second, and Shayna Texter came in third. So she's back in the game now that not, we're not on a TT course anymore. And Kevin Stollings uh, placing second on the Red Mile must have been stoked because he got to run like a provisional or something. Uh, uh, he got to run a Roof Systems Indian um, at the Springfield Mile. So he's not racing in the Twins class, but he is. Uh, he is in there basically. Um, racing as provisional or trying to move up, whatever it is like that. So, yeah, he's doing that. Um, in the Twins for the Kentucky Red Mile, uh, it was Meese, Smith, and Baker. So the Indian wrecking crew on the podium again. That's been the first time since they swept a podium in a little bit. So it's good to see them up on top. Um, and in the Kentucky Mile, 10 of 13 were Indians. The first four were Indians. And the only uh, Harleys was uh, Halbert in 5th. And Brandon Robinson in seventh on the XGs, and the rest uh, rest were Indians. So at least Harley broke into the first into the top five on that one. Um, and then the OKC Mile, I did catch the end of that this last weekend. Uh, I caught the twins. I didn't see the singles, but uh, I did catch the twins. But in the singles, it was Bromley again with Wells, and Shayna Texture again with her uh, second. Podium, second, third spot in the podium. So she's looking pretty good this year. She's doing what uh, Colby Carlisle did last year, which is staying consistent, at least not on the TTs, but at least where she's good. Um, And then I would want Bromley, you know, much like the Springfield TT, uh, he started like mid pack there or something like that. He really worked his way up through the crowd. And then, you know, once he got in front, he dominated that TT. It was pretty rad. And uh, I read the footage from the OKC Mile. Uh, said the same thing, like the transcripts was that he started mid pack, got a terrible start. I forget who got the whole shot, but um, worked his way through from mid pack. on lap two, he was already catching up to the leaders. And uh, lap three, he sealed the deal and was in first place on lap four. so he he rounded everybody, uh, you know, from lap one getting a crummy start. And, uh, lap two started working on people, lap three, I think he had already caught up to third place and then yeah, lap four, second place, even in lap four, he gets it and holds on. So he's looking pretty strong from a guy who uh, we heard his name a few times, a couple times last year to being a guy who could very well take the uh, singles class this year. And, uh, in the twins class, it was Meese by nearly 13 seconds. Uh, That's pretty incredible, if you ask me. Um, And then Wiles on an Indian scout. Smith, who edged out Baker for third. I saw that. Uh, It was pretty dusty. It reminded me of the, was it the Calistoga mile where they raced um, or Santa Rosa or something like that where they finished at the uh, end of not last year, but the year before, where it was so friggin' dusty and, like, people were getting hurt, Um, and you just couldn't see anything. That's kind of what OKC looked like, but apparently they loved it. Um, It's, I think, the third year they've run here in a row or something like that, and uh, everyone was saying that this track got better. It's a little bit different every time, and this was the best one, but, man, it looked looked dusty out there. And when you see shots of them uh, coming down the front straight – everybody behind first place is just caked in dirt. So I don't know. Maybe maybe it wasn't dust. Maybe that was just like the roosts. But, uh, yeah, it looked pretty dusty. Visibility looked pretty bad from the TV screen. So I don't know how it was in real life. But, um, yeah, Mies by nearly 13 seconds. This dude's checking out. I think this is his seventh win this season. Um, I forget what round we're on, but I was going to count him up and see how many more he needs to win before he seals the deal. And this could be, if he does uh, win just a few more, he could – uh, Lima is the next one, and then I think maybe Peoria. So he could be s- sealing the deal as like as m- quickly as halfway through the season. So this is pretty, pretty interesting. But uh, also, for the twins class, Eight out of the first uh, out of the top ten were Indians, and uh, ninth place was a KTM LC8, and uh, tenth place was a Harley Davidson XG. So these Indians, uh, not necessarily the Indian wrecking crew, but Indian in general, just dominating, dominating the uh, the racing this year. And I think that's pretty pretty cool. And uh, we'll talk about something else happening as a result in a little bit. Um, but the last thing I want to talk about racing-wise is um, a flat track press release. I heard, I heard, I read this press release that uh, flat track um, CEO Michael Locke was, uh, something happened, something was recorded on video. It wasn't live streamed on Fans Choice or anything, but I think somebody was live streaming to their Facebook page or something like that. And... A, uh, American flat track official had said something and cursed and used some disparaging words. And then it said, and then Chris Carr would like to apologize, you know? And I was like, Whoa. So it was Chris Carr that did it, huh? He's like the man, you know what I'm saying? And he's, uh, the king of flat track. He's one of the guys that's, you know, he's, uh, forget like a 13 time champion or something like that. He's, he's a great flat track legend. And that's why he's taken over, uh, part of the, um, organization and the thing is is like i wasn't expecting to see his name pop up as the official who was cursing and what i heard uh on pit pass and i didn't see the video and uh you know i didn't see it was earlier i'm thinking the in the day is that uh somebody got disqualified for a a bum tire using a either an, an illegal tire and i'm not saying tire doping like Meese, but even the weights and all that stuff and how wheels are put together is very, very strict. And, uh, this person may have violated that. And Chris Carr made it, told him, we'll get the F out of here, blah, blah, blah. You know, you're, you're not passing. So if you don't pass tech, you don't get through, you know what I'm saying? Um, no second chances. So whatever was said was recorded and put out on the internet. It's since been taken down, but Chris Carr did apologize and, uh, they say it's never going to happen again. Hopefully they don't can Chris Carr because he is literally a mastermind of a flat track and he is great obviously if someone's cheating or has an illegal thing you don't want him on there you know and maybe they were giving him a hard time trying to stay in and, and his uh, emotions got the best of him and he told him to blibbity blip out so I don't know exactly what happened but uh, at any rate yeah you don't you don't mess with an official and officials I guess shouldn't lose their code So that's it. I would like to wrap up the racing segment and move on to some more. Hey there, this is patron Matt from my motorbike obsessions. I'm currently coming at you from Tokyo and you're listening to the creative riding motorcycle podcast. Probably because you ran out of all the other podcasts to listen to and you really dig Motorcycle Haiku. Later. Oh, yeah. Got some Motorcycle Haiku from uh, Matt there at My Motorbike Obsessions. And I forgot about that for the Solstice Slam. One of the uh, most creative... Entries I've entries. <laughs> also very frustrating. It made me frustrating just thinking about being out there in the sun trying to kickstart an old vintage hunk of junk. Um, this makes me wonder, why do I own only vintage hunks of junk? Hmm. All right, as this music plays us into the next segment, uh, I'd like to tell you a little bit about what it is. Um, I've got some, some more news, really, but it's just not racing news. It is uh, factory news. Uh, are you ready for this? Uh, speaking of, um, last weekend and the fact that we didn't cover half of it, I don't know why, oh, because Chris took up my 40 minutes and then my other 40 minutes, (laughs) and then some of my 20 minutes, Chris, um, I do miss you though, buddy, I wish you were here in the studio with me tonight, um, but, uh, didn't get to talk about 6ix9ine, which is, uh, Nikki Hayden Day in Owensboro, Kentucky, they unveiled the statue, there's a statue of him, I think went in the 2006 uh, world or actually the MotoGP GP championship. I think it was, um, it's a beautiful bronze statue there in Owensboro. And, uh, yeah, there's a lot of great write-ups about it. Um, I think one of the, one I saw was on road racer world, Um, I think there was another write-up in Cycle News or something like that. There's a few places I saw it online, but, yeah, it was really, really great, Uh, really, really cool tribute to the whole Hayden family and the town of Owensboro, Kentucky, which really supports motorcycling and uh, the Hayden family and everything that is great about America's last great uh, MotoGP championship. Uh, I'm sorry, MotoGP champion. Um, So, yeah, that happened. Ride to work day happened. Did you ride to work? I definitely did. It's not too hard for me because I basically work on my motorcycles. (laughs) So, I'm here almost all the time with them nearby or around. So, I really have to ride about 12 feet and I'm at work. Yay! Um, Something new that has come out. I wanted to mention Nikki Hayden for a reason. Um, Do you know how many people die cycling every year? It's insane, um, first off. And secondly, it's a problem that I'm sure is huge in places like Holland because uh, they bicycle everywhere over there, but uh, in Europe as well, where there's a lot more bicycle and pedestrian traffic. Um, I don't think there's that much in the U.S. since we're such a stinking car culture, but we have the most cars um, you know, per capita per person. I just made that st- statistic up. Don't listen to anything I'm saying. The point I want to make is that um, unfortunately... Um, one of the greatest American racing legends, Nikki Hayden, was taken to taken from us in a car accident while on his bike, and as a result, uh, I saw some. Uh, where was this? Men's Health, I think I saw this was Buick. The Buick hood on the new Regal Sportback, uh, which is already on Opals in Europe through their you know their partnership through uh, through the global trade economy. I just made that up too. Um, Basically, the Buicks are going to have a hood that raises up four inches. Now, here's what I thought. You know, when you hit a pedestrian, first off, the initial impact of your car into a soft human body kind of sucks. But then they fly along the hood and hit the glass. And if they don't go through the windshield and get smashed, it, you know, safety glass doesn't shatter. And so it's kind of like got plastic in it. And instead, they hit that. And then uh, get stuck in it a lot of times, or get launched up over onto the roof of the car, depending on how fast you were going. uh, If they don't get launched down the street altogether, so I thought what Buick is doing here on their cars is that the rear, the hood uh, at the cowl, um, which is like right where the uh, right where the windshield and the kind of the dash meets on the on the old cars, you would have the grills there for the air to come in for the air conditioning and all that stuff. But nowadays, the hood pretty much goes straight to the windshield. Um, but right there, the uh, hood is going to lift up, and it lifts up about four inches in And I forget how fast it happens It happens in like four hundredths of a millisecond Or something like that And it lifts up about four inches and I thought Cool, they're making it a ramp so that you're not sliding Along the hood and then hitting that front edge of the glass And breaking it, you're more or less Sliding up the hood and then up the glass And maybe you do a backflip and land on your feet behind the car What do I know, like car technology is so crazy Nowadays, but what it is Really, is that the back of the hood Lifts up four inches so that when you hit The hood, it wraps around you like a catcher's mitt Now that's totally, I mean hood are pretty easy to dent. You see people on movies all the time dancing on the hoods and dancing around. What they don't show you is that in real life, if someone was to do that, your hood would be basically touching the top of your engine. And good thing cars don't have air cleaners up on the top like they used to back in the 60s, right? Because your air cleaner would just be smashed. Um, But what it does is that since hoods are such a broad sheet metal area and they bend and flex real easy, try dancing on your hood of your car like a music video and you'll find out. But what it does when it lifts up the back, it's creating like a little net. And so you hit that and it absorbs the impact. You actually do smash the hood in and it absorbs a little bit more impact. And the front of these cars apparently isn't made of cement like old cars used to be or like Russian cars are made out of. Um, it's they have super super sensitive uh, detection areas all around the front and of course they have pedestrian detecting uh, radar and pedestrian sensing um, like a collision, you know they have forward collision alert, but they also have pedestrian sensing radar and pedestrian sensing braking um, and all that stuff. But if it does happen that all that stuff doesn't work, you know since the driver should actually be paying attention um, and you do hit the pedestrian, then, yeah, the front is engineered to be super sensitive and be able to tell the difference between if you were, were to run into another car so it doesn't set off your airbags, but uh, it does put the hood up for the pedestrian. And they've spent 10 years doing this, so I'm, I imagine that they've got it down to where they can tell Tree, fire hydrant, pedestrian, you know, and deploy airbags, deploy airbags, don't deploy airbags. Um, and so, that, yeah, What I'm, I'm interested in this technology and to see how it's going to work and, and all that great stuff. But, um, yeah, so it's on the new Buicks. Um, another thing I saw coming down the pipes, we were talking a few weeks ago about uh, the rocket jets keeping your bike uh, up, you know, so we're resorting t- away from technology into, like, physical you know, physics to keep your bike up. But, um, yeah, the next few things cover getting connected. And uh, the first one I want to talk about is the Yamaha Power Tuner. You can buy power tuners. You can buy power tuners from any anybody. You can buy them from Harley-Davidson. You can buy them from Vans and Hines. You can buy them from a number of Japanese uh, tuner companies, but this isn't a power tuner that you plug in and like reflash your ECU with. This is the Yamaha power tuner smartphone app. And uh, last year, available on the uh, 2018 YZ450F, you could get this app, and it's just basically like, you know, tuning it with a a laptop or anything else and flashing your drive. Um, Only what you can do with this is you would uh, map it. You could map ignition, you could map fuel, you can get readouts of, um, you know, throttle input, braking, how much, you know, how much throttle you were giving, how much braking you were giving, what the engine power was at those, uh, you know, key points, this and that. It's really, really in depth tuning. Then you could save that and share it with your friend. Well, now it's available on the YZ 250F for 2019 and I'm wondering when this stuff's going to be coming down the pipes. I know Wiggs on his Dyna has a Maybe a Vance and Hines. I don't know who makes the FP3s. I think Vance and Hines does. And when we were going down to Hollywood Electrics, he was at the gas station trying to reprogram it, Bluetooth, you know, change the map on his bike. And so it's not like this stuff doesn't already exist, but now we're seeing it from the factory instead of having to uh, buy a Vance and Hines kit or buy, you know, some aftermarket crazy you know power commander thing you're getting this from yamaha and not only that it's not a power it's not an old ecu flasher it's an app on your freaking phone and so you find what setup's good for you you rip it out of the dirt track um, you t- you copy it and and send it to your friend and then they can download it. And you're like, Hey dude, check out this map. You're racing at Paula this weekend. Oh, you're not. You're racing at Hangtown this weekend. Oh, here, I I set this map up for there. You email it or not email it, but like text it to your friend. They download it. Wham. Now they've got your map for that track and uh, they're running without having to like spend hours tuning or testing and tuning, or maybe they use yours and they change it and resave it and send it back and go, Hey, made some improvements. So I really like where this is coming um, I kind of like, you know, we're always harping on the fact that you can't, um, you know, when the stock is for squares guys was on, we were talking about if you can't break it or modify it, do you really own it? But here's a chance for you to take some stuff and you customize your ECU and you don't have to pay a tuner, all this crazy money to do it. You get to do it yourself and you get to customize it for your height, your weight, your writing style, this and that, save it and send it to your friend and they can miss with it and so on and so forth. Uh, In that same vein, Ducati has a Ducati Link app now, which is sort of the same thing. Um, It's an app that allows your ECU to transmit ride data to the app over the course of a trip Let's say you're taking a ride. After the ride, the data can be analyzed, such as the speed, the leaning angle, the power delivery, the braking, blah, blah, blah. You can analyze it by sector since it's tracing your GPS route. And then it applies all these factors over the course of that route. You can see where, oh, I was climbing this hill. I was at X amount of throttle and it was delivering this amount of power. Oh, when we were coming down the hill and I was in that turn, I felt like I was about to drag my knee, but I see here that I was only leaned over 26 degrees. You know, so it'll... and i was on the brakes in that turn so it'll it'll show you all these crazy cool things uh over the course of your ride then save that and then you can share that i think with the people that have this app as well now uh the thing is using using the phone's gps uh ducati will record the route and then allow you to add photos or comments too so not only can you record the route and your perimeter, your, your parameters and the perim- perimeters, but you can also add little photos. Hey, I stopped to take a picture at this lookout right here, or hey, watch out, right there, there's a bump in the road. Like when you're on Mulholland, every Our Nicky Mouse video I see, there's coming around that turn where he sits, there's like this mysterious bump, and everybody that crashes almost all hits that bump and like it's this wobble or something. So, but hey, if you're going up the snake, watch out for that sweeper, that left-hand sweeper when you're going uphill Or right, yeah, because when you're coming down here, not in that lane. So yeah, the left hander uphill, there's a bump coming out of that thing that catches people. Blah blah blah. So people looking at that route can go, oh, he's talking about this curve right here. There's a little comment there. There was a bump here in the road. Blah blah blah. So the thing is, is you can share the route info with your friends and and do the same thing that you can do with Yamaha. Like here's here's the route, here's the info, here's all the pictures, blah, 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 blah. Just kind of like with the Yamaha app where you're like, hey, this I use this app on this, tr- or this map on this track, and here's it is great. Bam, you send it to your friends. We're becoming a connected world. And since everybody's on their smartphones all the time looking at birthday cakes, <clears throat> Wiggins, um, yeah, it's it makes sense that we'd want to share stuff and be social and do all that stuff via our motorcycles. I think it's great because I think it will make people that are like, eh, when you're on your bike, you can't connect to talk to people. They'll be like, oh, cause there's always the gadget nerd out there, right? They'll be like, Oh, this is great. Now I can go on here and connect with my buddy or whatever. And, uh, see everything, you know, all the stuff in real time. The thing is, is that you can share all this ride info and anybody can download the Ducati Link app, but only people with the Multistrada 1260 can connect the bike to the phone for the tuning and data exchange. So, yeah, there's always that. And I think you can tune... For some reason, I think you can set ride modes or tune some of the ride modes with um, that app. So that's pretty cool. Especially... If you're a Ducatisti and you're into that sort of thing. Exactly what I was thinking. All right. So one of the last things I wanted to talk about, and this has also been making the rounds on every single uh, one of the shows that I've been listening to. Um, (laughs) It's crazy. But uh, it's the Honda Monkey and uh, the Honda Super Cub. Everybody has been talking about these things. Everybody's jazzed and excited about them. Um, and I can't say just how crazy I am that uh, people are finally catching on to how cool these things are. Uh, the monkey has obviously been available in like places like Japan and stuff like that for forever and a half. Um, but really, it's... Uh, it was only a fifty, from from what I know, and basically it's been a long time in the making that this thing needs an overhaul, just like the Royal Anfield. Um, and the ha- the Monkey 125 that's coming out is going to be actually more than the Grom, uh, even though it's not as sporty looking, and it's basically is a Grom. Um, I think did I don't know if Wiggins and I talked about this before. I, I I feel like we did, but I just wanted to cover the fact that this thing is a retro. Uh, it's going to have chunky knobby tires. It looks really cool. I mean, it looks. The thing is, is that it looks. It has a Grom motor, and that's about it. I think it has dual rear rear shocks. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I mentioned all this before, Um, and it probably shares the tires, and it shares like the ABS. And and the ABS, the 2019 Grom has a IMU on it because basically they needed to see people. I I don't know if people were washing out or what, but since it has ABS on it, um, they needed to. figure out keep you from like locking up the brakes and flipping over so there's only abs on the front um and the fact that it has an imu is pretty amazing to me um so yeah i can't wait for this scrum retro to come out and this super cub i just i wish more americans were into the super cub it would uh i don't know that bike is so cool and it has also been around for forever part of honda's uh stable and uh, i just wish more people were into that So, nah, that's my Honda rant. And last but not least, before we get into our next segment, is the Indian. Now, I talked in the racing a little bit about how crazy Honda or uh, Indian is doing at the flat tracks. I wish Honda was doing good at the flat tracks. Um, You know what? Hey, come to think of that, Honda used to be like the number one choice for everybody that wasn't racing when the twins raced uh, the the uh, singles on the flat on the short tracks and now that they have to race tw- twins i thought honda would still be the number 1 but i think a ktm and maybe Husky are. I don't know. It's like, I, I have a feeling I haven't seen many Hondas out there. I got to look. Like Colby Carlisle's riding a Yamaha, right? Too. Like Yamaha, Honda's no longer the dominant brand because the twins riders don't need to ride a Yamaha. I mean, a Honda as well. So it's like now Honda has to fend for themselves. Um, so yeah. Anyway, still Honda, you meet the nicest people on a Honda. They're bringing all that stuff back. Um, and Honda still is a really cool. Uh, I don't know what got me on the tangent about that. But uh, Indian, that's what it was. Indian. So they've been dominating the flat tracks like crazy. Uh, now Travis Pastrana is going to ruin Harley Davidson's uh, history by jumping an Indian, recreating Evil Knievel's jumps. The thing is, he, will he be ruining Harley Davidson's history? I don't think so. And he won't be ruining Evil Knievel's history either. Uh, the fact is that he will be succeeding on these jumps with a big large heavy bike. And uh so he will succeed where evil Knievel failed and uh, Indian will succeed where Harley Davidson failed. So in a way, uh he's doing neither. He's neither uh smiting evil or Harley. He's just gonna prove that he and Indian are better. So I'm sorry for all you evil Knievel fans, but listen, Pastrana is like the Evil Knievel. Evil Knievel never never jumps school buses, all right? Like I gotta say, Pastrana has taken evil evil's um Inspiration and taking it to level 12. So I do, I admire uh, Pastrana for doing the stuff he's going to be doing. But uh, at the Wheels and Waves in France, I think that's in France, maybe it's in Spain, I don't know where it is, I think it's in France. But that's like the hipster revolution that right when I started the podcast, I was like, oh, Wheels and Waves look so cool, like Roland Sands and Chini Camara and everyone goes down there and they race like there's crazy cafe, like custom bikes and deus ex machina, like blah, blah, blah. Well, now I'm just like, oh, it's like a hipster meetup to f- discuss the future of motorcycle trends. Well, that happened, and guess what was revealed there? It was revealed that, uh, drumroll please, I know I have a drumroll. Actually, hang on, I'll get it for you. Wait a minute, that is not a drumroll. Scott, well, I guess I don't have a drumroll, but at any rate, listen, listen to this. Victory fans everywhere rejoice because... And Harley-Davidson fans everywhere... Shed another tear because Indian is making the FTR concept a reality. Uh, read it, uh, one of my co workers sent it to me from Asphalt and Rubber, but I had read it before that somewhere else. And, uh, yeah, the hipster revolution has come full circle. The FTR 1200 is going to be available for purchase. Everybody that was bummed because India or Polaris, uh, canned Victory and saved Indian. Now we're going to be seeing some of the cool sport. Like Victory was like the sport cruiser side. I really liked and admired a lot of Victories. And uh, yeah, I'm happy. I'm stoked to see that they're making the Indian FTR 1200 because even though there won't be a Victory badge on it, face it it's like a sporty victory that uh, probably could have been you know and uh, it leads me to believe that they're not just going to go with old ugly gigantic art deco cruisers like the dark horse and the springfield rifle and the i don't know the uh Chieftain and all those big gigantic fringy baggers that they have. I mean, that's basically all they have besides a scout. Um, so they're actually going to make a scout FTR seven or twelve hundred. So that is awesome. They already make an FTR seven fifty. If you have fifty thousand bucks um, instead of buying a Harley CVO FLHT, you can buy, you can buy a flat track race bike. But um, but no, yeah, I am super stoked that they're going to be making this. Uh, basically, bringing this to uh, bringing it to light, bringing it to market and, uh, making the real deal. And I'm, I'm pumped because it shows that they're kind of maybe are going to have a, an Indian impulse come out pretty soon. As soon as Harley drops a live wire next year, they will bring out their electric bikes. And, um, now that, you know, the Harley has a street uh, they're going to have a sport cool sports shirt to line up with that. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know. I think it's pretty cool that they're finally going to have something besides the Scout and the Scout 60. They're going to have a sporty bike, and it just means hopefully the Indian is going to start going down the trail that Victory uh, never could, well, never can now that they've been trashed. And with that, it is time to move on to our second segment.
1: Hey there listeners, this is Patreon subscriber Nerissa coming to you from inside my helmet in the land of beer and cheese, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. You're listening to the Creative Writing Podcast because you're obviously ridiculously good looking.
0: Or you're just full of chickens. I like the person better. All right. Now, uh, entering our second segment, there's one thing that's been on my mind all week long, and that is the Motorcycle Podcasters Challenge. This week's Motorcycle Podcasters Challenge kicked off tonight. That's right, wigs. I'm not recording this on Tuesday, buddy. I'm recording this on Wednesday. And the numbers and letters are out. I think they use numbers and letters. And uh, basically... They are here to dazzle and stun you with some of the following numbers and letters. Well, instead of just having me blab on about it, I figured I'd get a couple of yahoos that we all know and love on the old horn here. And uh, despite the audio quality, I wanted to talk to my teammates in person and get them on the line, chat a little bit about MPC 2018. So with uh, no further ado, I need to think of something else besides that to say, uh, by the way, too. But here they go, me and the Brujas. The Brohams. All right, everybody, the moment you've been waiting for. This we, uh, tonight on the phone, Wiggins is out of the uh, studio, as I said earlier. But I do have two gentlemen here that we are going to break boundaries this year. I have my teammates for the 2018 Motorcycle Podcasters Challenge on the line with me. I have Paul Viffer and uh, Chris Singsim on the line, all the way from Waukesha, Wisconsin. What are you guys up to tonight? Race track time. Yeah, Chris is actually at the track, and Paul is living life as an editor at large. <laughs> yeah,
2: I'm at home, but I'm planning out my route for the motor uh, for the podcast challenge. No. That's a, a pretty. I hope you have a pretty broad definition of uh, of gentlemen, though.
0: <laughs> right well we have one gentleman for sure which is me a hooligan which is chris and paul what are you classifying yourself <laughs> as
2: oh uh, partially unemployed i don't know
0: <laughs> how do you do that man <laughs>
3: perpetually on vacation
0: yeah we're Work hiatus. we're Work hiatus. so yeah i'm gonna look up the the uh, letters for the uh the challenge tonight but i did want to ask um you guys have any strategies so far? I, I mean, basically, my strategy is just try to not cross over. If, if Paul and I can knock out some stuff here, not to uh, basically overlap any territory that he can cover.
2: I, I think we need to, you know, we'll need to strategize a bit to make sure we're we're hitting the best towns in our respective areas.
0: Yeah. I know. I'm counting on Chris for all those weird um, named <laughs> ones. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, we got... We got the area of
3: all Indian names, so if I plan it right, I can get some big ones.
0: Yeah, I know I really had to look for some last year I thought it would be easy and then they turned out and there's a lot of um, Los and sands here but S and A and N weren't really worth much and neither was LOS yeah. <laughs> So I got
3: this I think this first week for me is going to be kind of tricky because they're calling for rain starting tomorrow through well is supposed to be nice or, I mean I'm sorry Sunday. So I'm going to have to do like as many as I can in like one day or day and a half.
0: Yeah. Uh, you know, the exact opposite is true for me. They're calling for it to be in the like 90s here in a couple of days. And I think, Paul, where you are, it's probably going to be 90 or 100, you know?
2: Yeah, we might be looking at some night trips.
0: Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. And I was thinking it'd be fun. Um if we wanted to, to if you if you want to, we uh, hook up and do like a chips ride, you know, side by side, <laughs> hair blowing in the breeze. <laughs> Only if the song is playing, right? <laughs> and uh, yeah, so they posted up the letters. I was gonna watch the live uh, stream before I came on here. I didn't have time, um, but the letters are A, J as in Japan, G, H i and r so i hope that is uh I'm, i've already got a, i can already think of a couple but there's already a few that like j i don't know where <laughs> i hope you have a j by you chris because i can't oh yeah yeah i guess i come yeah, we'll- <laughs> we have i mean
3: yeah we got a couple big j's
0: yeah
3: i'm trying to think of like because it's like it's not real hard for me to get these letters without going real far. So I got to start thinking of towns outside of where I normally go to get some miles.
0: Yeah, for sure. For sure. And then, um, I mean, Jay, we have Hakumba that I can think of. That's a, that's a little bit of a ride for me and Paul, but I can't think of anything else that starts with the J. but, uh, I think we, well, we can got, get, get the we other got, ones in the We got Harupa Valley. Which is too far. Oh, right. I think you got that last year and that was a real good, uh, score because of the V and the Y in it.
2: Yep. Yep. Yep.
0: Yeah. So, hey, do you guys want to do you guys want to go for all six again like we did last year? Because I think you guys I think we all just went for all six. Um, And now that you're official team members, I don't know if you want to go for all six and we'll just see whoever gets the highest one and and enter those. But uh, I think it'd be easiest. Yeah. Yeah. Or we could split them up uh, two. you know, each take two letters. But I mean, who knows who's going to one day just accidentally run across one that's higher scoring than someone else's. So I'm all, I'm all for just getting how many you can. And then, we'll yeah, that's them.
2: all right. Well, I'll, I'll tell you guys uh, which ones I'll be able to get, you know, the, I'll send out a message to, uh, to both of you before sure. I head out. And, and uh, so that it, cause it, it might come down to a toss up if you can go to one or the other. And uh, I mean, I, I'd love to get all six myself, but I, I don't think that's possible. There's some towns that I don't even no, uh, like the g i don't i have no idea what
3: yeah what do. yeah well i think like too if, like for me like i i gotta constantly deal with the weather so there might be a day where i'm planning on getting this letter and this letter and it's you know the last day of the challenge for the last the last day of the challenge for that week and i'll get rained out i might i might lose three letters i couldn't get out yeah, yeah.
0: okay yeah for sure this the thing here too like last year i know paul uh, was ga- I mean it was hot as blazes the like the last week of uh, I think it was the last week and I, I think you were done, buddy. Like you you looked pretty done when you were out in Indian Wells or whatever you got, you know and uh yeah that was out there oh man and that's like where it's like 120 i mean that's like heading toward death valley you know <laughs> so but um yeah so we'll have to see how it goes and i think uh yeah just we'll, we'll have to plan for us it's going to be too hot for chris is going to be too wet <laughs> we might end up getting <laughs> well, like one
3: <laughs> well the one thing i have going in my favor is like i said i got like so many towns so close i can cover our letters like if i can get out one day man i should be able to I'll you know, yeah. bang out a lot of them just in case I can't get miles. Yeah. I can at least get letters.
0: You're gonna have to drive down into Chicago or into <laughs> Illinois and then loop back up, even though the town that you want is only like two miles away.
3: <laughs> I'd rather i I'd rather drive through Lake Michigan than go into Illinois. Right. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> Rad. and uh i wanted to cover some of the the bikes that we're going to be riding because i know um this year i kind of have a an ace up my sleeve thanks to paul but uh chris let's yeah, start with, help a ton. yeah you're you're furthest away from here um what are you what are you going to be riding this year Uh, i'll be on my 2008 ktm super duke nice i wasn't sure if you had the drz's kitted out with the you know if you're planning on going like the back way to some towns through the woods
3: (laughs) i honestly honestly thought about that about trying to sneak one
0: town in from
3: trails with one of the dirt bikes
0: (laughs) (laughs) that'd be rad that'd be awesome and then paul uh are you going to be whipping out the v max this year are you going to be sticking to the vfrs
2: uh, the VMAX is still <laughs> collecting dust in the corner of the garage. So nice. It's going to be all interceptor this year.
0: Nice. Yeah. Team interceptor. And, uh, Dude, uh bad I couldn't borrow one. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> hey, how's it going? As Michelle just got back from a past. She just said, hi. Oh, I thought that was a little kid. She sounds so excited. <laughs> She's as happy as a little kid. Yeah, I could tell. No, that I could hear, I could hear them ripping down in the, in the background. That's pretty rad. Um, so yeah, this year um Paul let me borrow his vfr too. I have probably put a total of m- maybe 10 miles on it. I mean, I ha- I, to be honest, I haven't ridden it that much like you think I'd be, you know, just stacking on the miles, but I, I kind of wanted to save it for the uh for the challenge actually and uh, yeah. not go too crazy. So now that it now that we have the letters though, yeah, let's uh I'm ready to rip and yeah, uh Yeah, i it up. Yeah. So I parked that, mine last week just to save up some energy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> nice. Yeah, so I'm super, super pumped, and uh, I'm super excited. I think we're, I think we're going to do pretty good. I know there's another team out here, a uh, girl on the moto team. Oh, the 600 member team. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, I think they have quite a few people on that team. <laughs> and uh, you know, they can only use one one letter per week. I think, right? I mean, that's that was the rules last year, and I think that they carry right. over. So I ain't scared. We'll we'll put them back in. The- yeah, I, here's how I here's how I think is that it, is that it, uh, we're gonna have between the three of us as many miles as their whole team plus uh, team riders have.
3: <laughs> that that should be the goal.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, they don't. I mean, look at Roger last year and and Dave. Like they don't know how people ride. I don't think you know. Getting your first year getting into this thing, you're like, wow. People don't, people apparently don't work and all they do is ride motorcycles across the country. (laughs) Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah.
2: Really racking them up.
0: Yeah. The guys on our, the guys on our
3: team up North too, from where I am, they're, uh, they're some mile pounders for sure.
0: Yeah. I know. I noticed that we got, um, Nikki and then Willie. I don't even know who Willie is. Is that one of your friends? Willie? Yeah. I think we got somebody named Willie riding for us. Oh, I didn't see that. I don't know. Yeah, I think I saw that they were from up up north way. So maybe it's somebody's friend. That's uh, like maybe it's one of Nikki's friends or something. I don't know, or maybe I do. Yeah. just my my fan base in Wisconsin is finally paying off. <laughs> <laughs> I
3: thought all your fans were only in Wisconsin. Uh,
0: pretty much. Uh, I wish <laughs> I wish I could lie, but uh, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um. So any any insights from last year that you guys have going into this year that you think might help out?
3: Or any, oh, man.
0: any tips for the new team that the uh, think they might go so, be... tips for the tips for the new team don't ride yeah, don't so yeah don't put gas in don't ride stay home <laughs> <laughs> if it's above 80 don't bother uh, trying yeah. don't bother going out and if it's below 75 don't bother going out <laughs> exactly <laughs> so yeah I I'm excited and I, I mean I am actually excited uh, last year I was really kind of stoked that they uh, Cleveland Moto signed up and I was like, oh, those guys are crazy. But, you know, then I realized, yeah, Cleveland Moto kind of is their own deal. And I was surprised they signed up. Uh, again, I think they signed up, so we'll see if they really do anything this year. I think they just completely forgot about it last year, which was great, great for me, since you know I was single rider last year. But this year, even with the competition, I'm I'm really glad to have you guys around and uh and on the team because I know basically I I feel like we got it in the bag. I shouldn't say I know I shouldn't even say that, and I shouldn't even jinx us. But I just feel like uh, things are going to go our way this this year for Team Creative. Writing. I'm
3: on the. A- I'm on the same page as you. I think we're coming in as like, <clears throat> I don't know. Yeah, so I listened to the ready. yes we're for ready? sure. Yeah, the last I just listened to the last uh, loud pipes episode, and it sounds like we got them a little bit nervous.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> um, yeah, somebody said 42 bikes so far.
3: I believe it. Yeah, last count I saw was 36, so 42 wouldn't be out, out of
0: yeah unrealistic. Whoa. Uh, that is nuts, and and that's, right? this is only the third year of it. Um. So yeah, forty
3: of those bikes is uh, a girl on a motor.
0: Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> they quickly made up their. Uh, I, I did see some Instagram posts for them that they were they were uh, basically. I don't know. They were they were. Um, bribing and and uh offering all sorts of stuff just to join their team. So so yeah, it does look like there there's 11 Harley-Davidsons. I'm guessing that m- the except for the one that's probably on the uh one or two that might be on the Motorcycle Man podcast, the rest of those are uh Girl on a Moto. <laughs> and then I don't know the other ones. Yeah, I'm I'm excited to see Yamaha, five Yamahas, huh? Hmm. Yeah, I'm. In, I'm interested to see who uh, who comes out of the woodworks this year. I'm really. I'm really stoked that this is the third year and it's already this big. You know, right? I feel like it's kind kind of like uh, the WIR top ten list. <laughs> I
3: was. Uh, I was kind of spreading the word a little bit about the challenge this year, and everybody was like, "Wait, you got to do what?" I'm like, "Simply, it's basically like Scrabble on motorcycles, and you get to ride a ton." Yeah. And uh, a bunch of people were interested, and I mean like the guys up north now i got th- i got them lured in but two other ones were i think a little unsure of doing it or committing to it and not not being able to do good
0: right yeah you know and that's a, that's the thing is it's really not i mean it's a challenge but it's not like you lose anything if even if you don't participate there was some people i was on vacation for a week of it last year yeah and i still almost came in second <laughs> Yeah, And, uh, I mean, there was people that signed up And didn't even ride until, like, the last couple days I mean, it's not like uh, there's huge things at stake Even your pride I mean, if you're like me and you have no shame Then uh <laughs> it should be a pretty easy decision Just ride for but, fun
3: Yeah, that's exactly it It's just, it's just fun But I think, I think a lot of people are just afraid to make that first step It's like going to the gym The hardest part is going yeah, there
0: for sure And this year I'm a little bit I'm, I am a little bit scared because I, Team Loud Pipes seems so, so determined uh, to yeah. get the trophy back and or to keep it. I forget who got it last year. Was it Team Loud Pipes that, that got yeah, it? Yeah, I think yeah. it was them. And I think that they're so determined to keep it. And uh, the thing is, is that I think the competition is going to be pretty stiff this year just because the <laughs> Moto Nobody's podcast, which is their friends, you know, and John, who r- rides a spider, you know, twenty. Five thousand miles a month. He's got <laughs> right. a bunch of friends on a team now, so I'm like, whoa these these guys. Uh, you know, especially if they're older and they don't work, like that really puts a damper on things for me. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but if it comes down to it, though, the points. All we have to do is get good city names, and then if we tie, yeah. then the points, then the miles go into, uh, you know. So it's not like I don't the miles don't count, but at the same time, um, hopefully we can get some pretty good. Good names. Yeah, See, I think that was my
3: mistake last year. I got so excited to get the letter that I kinda wasn't paying real close attention to the overall value of the word. Yeah, when I, there was other there was other other town or city names I could have got that would have been a higher point value. I think that's where I lost it.
0: Yeah, and I think I said, you know, like like you know, Paul and I. There's cities around here that have like three names in them because they're Spanish, but at the same time they're all pretty much generic consonants and, and light vowels. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, oh dang. That's that twelve or thirteen letter town only added up to like thirteen points. Yeah, right. <laughs> so kind of sucked. But um but yeah this year I'm also really excited because I could travel a little faster. You know what I'm saying? Sure. So last year uh I mean not that Spamla needs to do a hundred miles an hour because I mean, the speed limit is the speed limit and she does that, but I just feel like it won't be so taxing out there in the wind. Um, yeah. Yeah. And out there when I'm trying to slam down mile after mile after mile this year. So yeah,
3: 50 miles at max effort is a lot harder than 50 miles. Just cruising. (laughs) Right. Right.
0: Max effort, like blowing apart and uh, (laughs) parts coming off. Her nickname is Strung Out. <laughs> right. Right. So, yeah, I'm pretty I am pretty excited about that. And then uh, I, I did order my Motorcycle Podcasters Challenge shirt. And uh, what I got, I'm glad they delivered me a women's size small. I can basically, <laughs> yeah. Now I see how they think of me. It's tapered uh, for your hips. It, it, it is. I told my wife, I said, honey, I think this is a women's shirt. And she was laughing. She's like, "Well, wow, your hips look good in it. <laughs> the <laughs> like, v-neck yeah that's the only thing it's missing is the v-neck but basically if i gave it to wiggins he could wear it as a head buff like survivor you know so i was like i guess i need to order another one It's a you know that's a pricey endeavor at 30 bucks i was like yeah i'm stoked and then i got it and i was like oh man this is like a my my little kid could wear this as a mini skirt so i don't know what happened
3: <laughs> maybe she
0: should yeah i guess i guess so my my (laughs) wife said she'll wear it it, because i'm not kidding that it's like cut for her body perfectly i was like man is this what they think of me over there is this a cruel joke but uh, (laughs) yeah so i so i did get that i was like super stoked to support uh support that so if we win this year maybe i will uh make some cool hats i know we'll get you know our fair share of Prizes and this and that, but maybe I'll just make some, some cool hats, uh, just for, just for team creative writing. So, sure. That'd be cool. Yeah. That'd be rad. Oh, cool. Yeah. So, Hey, what do you guys, I, I can't tell right now, um, who won the, uh, Solstice Slam, but I do have the results, but I, it would be a conflict of interest if I said it while you guys were on the air. But, um, <laughs> so I'm going to announce that a little bit later and, uh, nice. I might do a separate podcast to announce that just because... Uh, Wiggins isn't here and I was going to do a knife throwing competition with him to pick some of the prizes. So (laughs) I'm going to have to do, I'm gonna have to do that on my own. I have to figure out how to do a little camera setup. So I don't, since I don't have anybody holding, uh, holding the camera for me. So I got to work all that out before I, uh, Do got that. a Couple of little kids, can you? Yeah, you, you know what? Here, you just go. Stand over there while Daddy throws knives in your direction. <laughs> 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 not like they haven't done it before. Come on, when mom's yeah, right, when, Mom, when mom's not around, we do all sorts of crazy stuff. So Did you uh, say you're
3: kind of a circus family?
0: Yeah, sort of. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm excited. I'm super pumped, and uh, I just can't wait. And I'm glad you guys were both available tonight to to yap a little bit about it. And um, yeah. yeah. Team Creative Writing baby. We we almost filled up 20 minutes. Can you believe it? We actually uh, made our goal. Easy. <laughs> Easy peasy. Cake. And and Paul, I I might actually be on vacation. So if I if I am, I forget what days the vacation is. I think it might be the week the last week of it. So I will uh I'll let you guys know once I figure out once I look at my calendar and let you know if you have any gaps to fill in. But um you're are you going to be in country the whole time Paul you think or
2: uh, I'll be here for, I'll be able to take care of the first two weeks, no problem. And then I leave Monday, July 2nd. And, um, uh, so I'm, I'll make sure that, uh, I, I get all the second week's letters done before I go. But then for the third week, uh, I won't be gone. I won't be here at all. I'll be out of town, um, most of July. So.
0: Right. Okay. Right. Right on. So that's good to know. So Chris, we're going to have our work cut out for us on week three. And, uh, if we're in second, there's always the flash challenges yep so I'm stoked about that well hey I'm gonna let you guys go I just wanted to get you on the line and, and uh get pumped about this thing thank you guys for hanging out with me for a little bit and uh Chris Always fun. yeah yeah hey, thanks, thanks
3: for having me
0: on your team yeah man anytime and uh next year i'm'm I'm, j- I'm just as excited for next year and it hasn't even started yet you know what I'm saying right but I'm just yeah. so glad I, I can only see our team getting bigger maybe one day we'll be as big as girl on a moto. <laughs> <laughs> so alright, dudes. Well that's uh that's our 20 minutes and um yeah stick around for the end of the show and you might hear these Yahoo's names mentioned again. All right, bye cool. bye guys. All right, take it yeah. easy. You're listening to the Creative Riding Motorcycle Podcast. Pop a beer and throw an earbud in your ear. Now here's your hope. Mr. Poopy Pants. All right, everybody. Well, uh, I just wanted to say um, that uh, yesterday was uh, the Born Free Stampede, and uh, it was pretty good. I think Wiggins might have done a burnout. (laughs) I think Wiggins is doing some burnouts at these flat track competitions. Um, Hey, I did want to say, having just come off a chat with the guys on the team for Creative Writing, Uh, I did want to say that. Listen up, everybody. Um, There's been some confusion on the page, mostly by the new podcasts uh, that that are coming on. Uh, Well, the new podcast is coming on that Chris mentioned that had 842 writers on it. I would like to say, Connie from Girl on a Moto and Beulah, Uh, congratulations, guys, on recruiting um, basically the cast. The whole cast of zombies from The Walking Dead I mean, I feel like that's how many people you guys got writing for you I did see on the Facebook pages that there's people going out Going crazy all over the place uh, Getting letters, posting left and right, this and that Here's the deal, because here's, here's where the confusion came in For you guys, if you're going to listen to the show It looks like uh, everyone was kind of confused about the listener count The listeners are all riding against each other No matter if they're all for one team or all for the other, it doesn't matter. The listeners get miles and points just like the teams do because they kind of track that stuff separate and they want to acknowledge that you did a good job as a support rider for the teams and that you took the time out of your busy lives to ride 40 bajillion miles and collect uh, cities, right? So Girl on a Moto, specifically riders for that team, I noticed that all you guys have a bunch of questions, and they're getting answered. But the short of it is just go out and ride and get the letters for the cities, man. Just If a, if a city starts with a letter, if you, they pull a letter A out of the snork, go get a city with a letter A. It doesn't matter if it's like... Uh, Appletown, or if it's uh, Azusa, or anything like that, just go get it, and it doesn't matter how many points it's worth, it doesn't really matter how many miles away it is from you, as long as it's a mile or two, just get out there and ride, that's what the whole show is about, because the Girl on a Moto podcast team can only use one of your guys' letters, I know they have 50,000 riders riding for them, but they can only use one of the, one. Town name, and they usually take the one that's worth the most point value. So, you guys are making a hell of a lot of work for the admins, which is good, keeping them on their toes and uh, is good for Girl On a Moto. Um, also, a podcast team has to be at least one on air uh, personality. And I think they made this rule for me last year because I'm the only writer for my team again, uh, is that you can get. If, if you're a listener this year For Girl on a Moto You will be able to be their third member next year Whoever they pick out of the 40,000 riders That they got riding for them They can pick one of you guys Because a, pod, a podcast team can only be three people This year I have myself again Just like last year And I have Paul and Chris who rode for me last year and are riding on my actual podcast team this year because they were listener supporters last year. So all you 40 people riding for Girl on a Moto, one of you can get added to Connie and Beulah's team next year and the rest of you can keep riding as support riders. It's that easy. Um, So, yeah, just go out and ride and get letters and it doesn't matter. Just have fun. The mileages are due on Wednesdays before the show goes out and the new letters are announced. So why don't you go ahead and just submit that stuff Tuesday. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's what I'm going to try and do is submit everything Tuesday or, like, first thing Wednesday morning. And uh, submit all your miles and take your new odometer shot so they know how many miles you rode. And, um, yeah. That's awesome. So Chris just texted me. He did a burnout, man, at, at the uh, <laughs> Stampede. So yeah, we seen him. All right. Uh, all right. Now, enough about the MPC. I'd like to move on with the last... Last bit of the show here. Um, and it's the miscellaneous section, which is kind of every year after the solstice slam, after the springtime. We're now officially into, I kind of extended this solstice slam as close to uh, the actual summer as I could. And uh, so we're already in June, we're well past spring. Um, and I usually do like a little bit of spring cleaning after solstice slam because I guess I'm getting so many emails from. Press releases, upcoming shows, motorcycle rides—you know, all sorts of great stuff that's happening. Um, new new products, everything that's coming out uh, at this time of year for the summertime, and a whole lot of summer events that I usually try to clean out a little bit, and I get all the old ideas that I had sitting around here that never really made it to the air, and all this and that, um, and especially since we've been cutting a lot, of, we we cut a lot, quite a lot of stuff out, and we cut a lot of topics out. Um, you know, we like to blab here if we're not like strictly focused. So there's a couple things that I have here on the docket that we never got to, but they came up. Um, it was a couple months ago. I wanted to talk about before we get in, got into summer season. I wanted to talk about a little bit about health and fitness. Cause that used to be something I used to be really into. And I noticed that a lot more people are taking their health and fitness seriously that are motorcycle riders. And, uh, partially because my work is really incentivizing being healthy. They don't want to pay, you know, in 20 years. I I remember reading about all the stuff when Chrysler went bankrupt, all the medical stuff they were still on the hook for, even after people hadn't worked there for... 30 years just because of pensions and all this and that and all these people are old and sick. So my work now is like, hey, get your asses in gear, get out the door, get your body in shape. And it's really working I think to cut healthcare costs and it really made me think like, that's not the only reason to do it. You also fall down and you get back up quicker if you're in shape and you can race and do motos and all this stuff. So I thought I'd, and, and ride further if you're on your big uh, Harley um, road couch. The That's the FLH. R.C. By the way, that's they th- thought it was a Road King Classic, but it's Road Couch. Um, so yeah, there's a couple weird things, and this this kind of strays since it's health and fitness, it kind of strays into the weird. And I and a, a couple years ago, I wrote something about the Savo uh, lions, those man eaters that um, Ghost in the Darkness or whatever was uh, based on, and our Shadows in the Mist. I don't know what the fucking movie was called, but it was about those lions that ate all the. Uh, Indians that were building the railway across India. And I thought, man, I related that to road rage because there was some pretty rad road rage stuff um, and why people pick road rage and why the lions pick to eat people, blah, blah, blah. It was, it was pretty interesting. And I can usually stretch some weird stuff to relate to motorcycles. So I thought I'd do the same with this health and fitness stuff. <laughs> so first thing on the uh, agenda here is to talk a little bit about proper bike maintenance and symptoms and it made me think of hey this uh, i'm kind of glad i held off on this because this just recently happened to me uh when the misfits were in town and we were riding i usually maintain spamila pretty well and uh, every bike i have actually i do pretty good i mean sometimes if i don't ride them for a while i'll i'll go by the odometer for oil changes, so sometimes it's more than three months that I do an oil change. but if I've only ridden a thousand miles in three months like it's just a really busy month or something like that, then I don't change the oil, you know what I'm saying I, I wait at least three thousand four thousand miles depending on what the oil says. Um, so I was thinking about the when they were down here um, it'd been a while since I had adjusted my chain i I mean I adjusted it. I don't know when I adjusted it, but I guess it was just a couple months ago or no, I guess maybe a few months ago, but not more than six months ago. Like my maintenance says to do it like every six months or something like that. Um, in my owner's manual, you know, the old 1980 standard owner's manual there, adjust every six months or something like that. So I usually do it even more than that though. I just check it and make sure it's not loose. And, uh, you know oil it and lube it all the crap you have to do with the chain cleaning it and this and that but when i was riding with the motorcycles uh with liza and jim basically um i heard this little little pinging and we had just talked about octane and i just changed my spark plug too because my bike wasn't starting very well it changed the spark plug and guess what it starts every time now like no prob barely have to have the choke pulled out for like 10 seconds and it starts right up. So bad spark plug, bad junkie for not uh, taking care of that baby. I just tried to clean it and reuse it too. Cause you know, that's what you used to do. You used to get a spark plug brush and clean it. And, but it was old. It needed to be uh, you know, I tried to sharpen the tips. I tried everything. I tried to rejuvenate these things and it was just old and I shouldn't have been, uh, trying to run on like a couple year old spark plug anymore so i changed it and i usually try to change those once a year too but she'd been running so good you know anyway make a long story short i heard this pinging i thought it was pinging or this little backfiring and i didn't know what it was and i thought it was like backfiring through the carb or something which is really weird because i just changed uh the spark plug and kind of gave it like a little bit of a tune-up before they got in town made sure everything was running cherry because i knew we'd probably be packing on a couple of trips, you know, over the course of the weekend. And this goes into the same sort of thing when I was a kid. Actually when I was a kid into like my adulthood, I had canker sores really bad. And I and this is this this kind of goes into the motorcycle realm because when I was I I, I used to eat a lot of um, ketchup as a kid on my hot dogs and a lot of pasta sauce on my spaghetti. And I was like, man. And then as I got older, uh, I, I stayed. I tried to stay away from spicy food, but it seemed like every time I ate it, I was get canker sores. And sp- and if if I uh, had trauma, like got punched in the mouth or kicked, um, which didn't happen too often, but when it did, I'd get a canker sore. Or if I bit it, I would obviously get a uh, canker sore. But the thing was, is that uh, it just was. It was weird. Like all these things, you know. These symptoms is basically what I was having with spamela. And the the canker sore correlation is that I wasn't looking at (laughs) the other factor because I can eat ketchup and I can eat tomatoes and I can eat all sorts of stuff with this ascorbic acid and everything in it and it doesn't, and citric acid or whatever, and it doesn't do a damn thing. What I wasn't seeing is that I'm putting the um, ketchup on the hot dogs and I'm putting ke- uh, the pasta sauce on the pasta and the pizza sauce on the pizzas and this and that. And what I found out over just about five years ago when I got into intermittent fasting and stuff like that and, and working out really hard um, was that basically uh, it was bread. And it wasn't just bread. It was like, you know, because I can eat tortillas and stuff if I'm not, too crazy and drinking beer. I guess I I wasn't drinking a lot of beer. Actually, I kind of quit. You know, I was counting calories and all this stuff. I was trying to get super healthy and I was for for a little while there. I was like super super ripped. And uh, now I'm just like maintaining uh pretty healthy BMI I guess (laughs) but I'm not ripped like I was or built like I was uh, when I was counting calories and like making every single calorie count and what what I did when I was doing that was that I had like basically cut out breads and like simple carbs and I'd gone for like super complex carbs like um, certain rices and and um, you know potatoes or sweet potatoes and stuff like that and lots of vegetables. I just got my carbs from sources, sources like that and gave up the breads. And as soon as that happened, I quit getting canker sores. <laughs> it's so funny. And so Spamula when she was running and popping and stuff like that, or making this, it wasn't the popping, it was this little pinging noise. And I was like, that is so weird. It, sound, it sounded a little bit like a backfire and it only happened when I rolled off the throttle and I don't have like a reed valve or anything. So I thought it was like backfiring or something or like little detonations in the in the pipe right after the, you know, right in the header or something like that. I wasn't sure because it's not super loud either. It wasn't like a huge backfire. Well, what it turns out it was, was the friggin' chain. And I did notice, I should have thought about this. I did notice that the lash, when I was letting out the clutch uh, abruptly and taking off from stoplights kind of quick and kind of going at slower speeds and getting on the throttle, there wasn't a nice smooth transition. There was kind of like a whippy, lashy transition. And uh, But it only happened, I only noticed it at low speeds or if I didn't feather the clutch. Like, you know, if I was taking off fast from a stoplight rather than just like kind of slowly taken off behind behind a car or something like that or behind another rider and that's what it was when we were when i was rolling off the throttle on the freeway and we we're like slowing down suddenly um the chain was slapping the swing arm ping 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 and it sounded like pinging from the motor so i was doing the same thing that i did as a kid and looking at the symptoms and going man i'm getting canker sores when i eat these foods and not and I didn't narrow it down to what food it was until much later in my life, where like your motorcycle, if you hear pinging or you're you're actually getting popping, like see, I thought I was hearing pinging, but it wasn't pinging. It was just sounded like pinging and it was my stupid chain hitting my swing arm. (laughs) So you can can address the symptom, but it doesn't mean that you're going to find the cause. And if your bike is running crummy um, or you have a problem, uh, the simplest thing to do is to K I S S, keep it simple, stupid. And if it's like the Occam's Razor, which is uh, the o- Occam's Razor is basically the the moral of that story is the simplest solution is often the answer. Right. So uh, if you've got something going on, don't go. You know, my bike's not starting. I got to tear the wiring harness apart. No, first check to make sure your battery is your key. First, f- make sure your switch is on and your fuel is on. Right? That's the simple that's the first thing you should check. I was embarrassed one time when my bike wouldn't start, and I realized that I didn't have the friggin' switch on. You know, like there's there's a key, and then there's a switch, and so your key can be on, but it's not starting, and it's the switch is off, or what? You know, so th- check the stupid, stupid, really stupid stuff first, and then work your way into more complex problems. Uh, it's turning over, but it's not starting. Well, check your fuel, check your spark. Spamla, spamla. Uh, I could have thrown a battery jumper on it every single day and gone, oh man, my battery is dying. And it's because the battery was throwing extra energy in there for the spark to make up for what the spark plug didn't have going for it. So actually it's not the battery. The battery's fine. The battery's been fine. Um it's it was the spark plug was the whole problem with uh, her running and not, uh, not starting bad or not starting well. And, uh, and all that stuff. And then, so when I heard the popping after that, and I thought, Oh, maybe she's like getting hotter now that she's got a new plug and maybe it's popping. Nope. Keep it simple. dum dumb, look around for physical noises first and then go to the, uh, the motor side of stuff. So that's, uh, the first thing on the health and fitness is that, uh, bike maintenance is sometimes like a weird, um, recurring injury. And if you keep getting it, like I did, um, don't look at the symptoms. Look at the uh, the common things. What are the common factors here? And try to rule those out. Uh, the second thing, and I, this is after a TED talk I heard somewhere. Oh, I, God, I can't remember where it was, but they were talking about they were, you know, talking about finances and and. Uh, like markets or something like that. And they were relating a whole bunch of stuff to like sex. So I thought that was kind of funny. And uh, so writing, they made some really good points about it actually. And like as human beings, like how we, you know, how we function and how we um, categorize stuff is often by like our biological needs and reactions. So sometimes we don't even know know we're doing it, but we're like thinking about, about it in this way. And so they were talking about how... A lot of stuff is like sex and like why sex sells and blah, blah, blah. So I thought, hey, you know, I'll talk about sex and writing. Why writing is like sex. It's because the more you do it, the better you get. And I was thinking about there's no replacement for seat time, right? Even if you're... Uh, trying something out for the first time, like you just you got to do it. You just got to get in the seat and do it. And then if you stop doing it, or if you don't do it anymore after that, you're not going to be very good. And that's kind of like boning, you know. Um, unless you're a natural talent, which there are very few of those in the sex world and the motorcycle world, uh, then you just you if you don't do it, you're going to get worse. And then no one wants to ride with you, which is the case in either way. So. Um, yeah, you just got to get out there and do it Then you're not, if you don't do it enough Then you're not looking forward to it So I was like, man, writing is just like sex Everything, is, according to that TED Talk Everything is like sex Because that's what our what our brains are programmed They're programmed to eat and do the, do the dirty um, But yeah, just like sex If you uh, you don't do it enough And you get terrible you, you don't even look forward to it anymore And then you quit doing it And then you just ba- basically end up You know, quit having fun And Go to other stuff, whether it's uh, selling your motorcycle because now you're like, hey, I had a bike for a while. I just wasn't into it. You know? It's like, man, no, you just got to get out there and do it. and You'll get better at it. More people will want to do it with you. And I'm talking about riding now, folks. But um, yeah, it's just if you don't do it and you just get crummy and then nobody wants to ride with you or, or you don't even want to ride anymore and now you have like this bike that's more of a white elephant than a, uh, a fun ride, yeah, you don't want to do anymore. So, hey, there's a reason why I ride alone a lot of people. Wink, wink, in both cases. <laughs> so, yeah, there's always that. Uh, and the third thing, last thing on the list here, was the uh, that physical and mental fitness comes from the same place. So I was thinking about this, and I just kind of mentioned it a minute ago. Um, whether you're riding, doing motos, and you're actually like an athlete, and you need to ride and be fit, um, if you're, if you're depressed and this kind of can relate to the riding is sex thing, cause if you don't get out there and ride, you're going to get depressed. They often call riding two wheel therapy, right? And, uh, just like a trip to the old shagging wagon or the stabbing cabin, uh, a trip to the old motorcycle can get your endorphins going and create these new positive sensations and feelings from that. And there's a lot of benefits from riding, uh, running, you know, knocking boots there's there's a bunch of benefits to all these things but whatever it is being physical um actually improves your your um uh, if you're depressed you can actually like uh lessen that by going out and getting some exercise it's been it's a proven fact that getting out and exercising is great for your body and your brain so you get the physical benefits and you get the mental benefits from it and um, being out there on the road and meeting new people and and all that, I mean, if that is your workout, that's even more of a reason that you need to get out there and ride. Um, it's important to be physically active because that being physically active um, creates this connection between like your brain and your uh, your body. And I forget what they call, Uh, when you're working out what they call, there's a certain like a neuro cortex, uh, God, I I forget it now because it's been a little while since I've been in the health and fitness space so much. But um, there's actually like a a positive correlation or, or like this connection that your brain makes to your body. And it's the thing that tells your body, hey, I lifted like 50 pounds this week. I better build some muscle so I can lift 60 pounds next week. And then when you lift 60 pounds next week, it's like, oh, I better build some muscle so I can, uh build uh, 70 lift 70 pounds next and it's what it's the this uh physical thing that happens to your body just because your uh, your neural cortex or whatever it is your uh your um your flux capacitor in your brain is telling your body all these great things, right? And so it's making your body physically change. And that's where also muscle memory can start to happen. You know, you do, an, uh, you do something enough times, you ride your bike, you hit a corner enough times, uh, your brain will start to lock that in. And then next time, you know, you're doing that corner without even thinking, or you're swerving around a friggin'. A mattress that falls out of the back of a truck on the freeway Instead of target fixating on it and hitting it Like target fixation is one of the hardest habits to break Even I do it sometimes When I'm riding and something unexpected happens I look right where I'm headed And I'm like, oh geez, what am I doing? And I did it the other day I was... uh taking Spamla around the backyard. Now that I've got, um, Paul's VFR here, I was just riding around in the backyard doing wheelies on Spamla and I hit a bump or a hole or something. And I kind of looked down and then I looked straight cause I was like, Oh shit, I'm going to the, like toward the, uh, the house. <laughs> you don't want to do that. You don't want to look at the house. You're going to end up going through the house. So for just for like a millisecond, I was like, what am I doing? And I, you know, looked where I wanted to go. But, um, yeah, even for me, who's been riding now for God, since 1902, um, target fixation is something that can happen. And, uh, you need to build your, um, if I hadn't built that, uh, muscle memory thing to like, look where I want to go. And through practice of doing that every time something weird happens to me, um, I probably could have just looked at my house and rode straight through it. And then, uh, it just ended up parking my bike on the couch and just watching TV from the, my seat. Um, but also if, like I said earlier, if it's more important to ride, if riding is your workout, um, if if that, if that's about all the physical activity you're doing is getting out there and getting on the road, then I would say that that's even more important because that's going to, um, if you're not going to improve your mental health any other way you're not getting any other exercise so get out there on your bike and that's probably why it feels so good to get out and ride sometimes and so yeah just just uh, strengthening that physical and mental uh, fitness level just through being a rider and getting out there and if you're training to, for motos or you're training for track days and getting out there on your bicycle whatever it is, it's going to make you a happier person, just being fit and then you're going to, um, I don't know going to wrap around to the uh, the second one where you're gonna you're gonna want to bone more <laughs> and ride more no but anyway yeah there's there's a lot of great stuff um i think i even did an episode a long long time ago on this crazy research they're doing on lactobacillus which is one of those crazy probiotic um thing one of those little i don't even know what they're called they're just little biotics that go into your uh Yogurts and stuff like that into your diet, and they fuse to your cortex, your pre- prefrontal navel cortexium, and uh, it makes you more fearless or something like that. I don't know. There was this whole thing I did. Uh, I did some research and did an episode on lactobacillus and how even like changing your diet might make you a better writer. Um, so, yeah, that's the health and fitness section of the creative writing podcast. Let's never do that again. Let's actually cut this show a little short. Born Free uh, Stampede, yesterday. Uh, Wiggs got fifth in his heat. Um, I didn't catch the main. Um, I, I was uh, too busy drinking free beer. Um, but yeah, I didn't catch the main. But I did see him doing a big burnout. Of course, it's Wiggs. What else would he do? Burnout, and then he'll come and tell us about it next week. But uh, Born Free is actually happening tomorrow, and uh, it's going to be going all weekend. But um, let's let's get into some other motorcycle events happening let's just not talk about born free i want to talk about a bunch of stuff so here we go this is my sign off do i have any good sign offs yeah i do actually before i get out of here i want to tell you go check out the com, and go check out their facebook page and check out uh girl on a moto because she has eighteen thousand riders and uh that's my sign off you got any good other things to say hmm? No, going once, going twice. Uh, I will announce the winners of the Solstice Slam um, next week. Next week you'll find out. All right, and uh, I can tell you who the listener winners are right now. The uh, the best podcast submission for this year's Solstice Slam goes to... Alright, everybody, I want to say a big shout out and a huge thanks to all of our patrons. If you would like to uh, become a member, go over to patreon.com forward slash creative writing. And it's as simple as that. Check your level out. We've got, uh, I think, four different levels there. I should know. I, I made it myself, so I, I should know. Um, the first level is the throttle body. You help get a little bit of fuel into our motor, it's a very important piece. And that's only a dollar a month. That's 12 bucks a year. That's less than what you paid for your last tank of gas, I'm gonna guess. And uh, yeah, that's, that's it for the year. We'll send you a sticker telling you how much we love you. The next level is the valve train and as you can hear we need all the money we can get We're having audio problems but the uh, the next level is the valve train this is five dollars a month i know that's you know that's a little bit there and uh what you get for this is a sticker And you get entered into the twice-a-year contest, which I only used to do giveaways for Solstice Slam. But I I decided to do something also for Spooky Spokes. We're not 100% sure what it's even going to be because this year's Spooky Spokes is going to be the first time we give something away. But you will be entered into a, uh, you know a hat we'll throw your name into a little tumbler and uh, you can get chosen at random to potentially win something so we'll do that for you for Salsa Slam and we'll do it for Spooky Spoke. so that's in spring slash summer uh, fall slash winter so two times a year you could win something from us something dumb something we have coming out that we you know We'll figure it out. So that's pretty cool. The next level is the cylinder head. And we all know that the the valve train is pretty important, but it lives in the cylinder head along with the valves, the cam uh, chains, and and everything else that runs up there through the cylinder head, uh, unless you're a two-stroke. But still, you're very important as a two-stroke. It's where all the action happens, actually, for the incoming and outgoing of intake and exhaust. So we thought that's a great place to throw our $10 a month pledge. You are a significant part of what goes into and out of the show a lot of the patrons have uh, put, given their input as to what they'd like for stickers um that this level the ten dollars you're gonna get a sticker um I, I didn't say that this is part of the package but i handwrite write a note to every single person to do a little stupid sketch on the back that i think is funny or maybe relevant to your bike um, and then we shoot you a cd of uh creative writing originals you know everything's i own i own the copyright i'm the guy that made the song so you get a bunch of those so i think that's pretty cool and then uh the last and not least this is only limited to five people and i don't think anyone will ever do it i don't think anyone should do it but we put it up there just in case you're crazy is the exhaust because we know the throttle body the cam chains the cylinder head all that stuff you know the 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 valve train everything and and basically the whole motor uh does its whole business and the last place it shoots out of is exhaust so for $150 a month that's a huge commitment that's like not quite $2,000 a year but I mean it's still you could probably buy a a used motorcycle for what that is I think it's like $1,800 or $1,500 a year big chunk big chunk of money but uh you can get all that plus you can get a uh, photo of me in wigs nobody has ever seen my face and, and tell the tale actually and uh we'll make it a special autograph thing for you and wigs yeah go over to patreon check it out see if there's a level that speaks to you go ahead Pledge it if you'd like Or tell a friend Also leave us a review In iTunes SoundCloud Stitcher And check out We have mugs For sale on Zazzle We're going to have Some other stuff Coming up here Pretty soon So check back On our Zazzle page As well I think it's Zazzle uh, And if you just search Creative Writing Podcast You'll find us on there Uh, Alright Let's get into Some current events Before this night is over Um This weekend, the 23rd of June. Of course, we said Born Free is happening the 23rd and 24th. But there's also a ride-in movie night at the Moto Chop Shop up on uh, 6859 Baljean Avenue. There's going to be foods and drinks, and that's going to be from 6 to 10 p.m. Born Free 10 is happening at Oak Canyon Ranch down there in Santiago Canyon, where it's always at. And that's the 23rd and 24th. Um, the 24th, which is the last Sunday of every month this happens, is the SoCal Cycle Swap Meet. And uh, July 1st, uh, the Montrose Show 17th Annual Car and Motorcycle Show. And it's going to be uh, on Montrose Travel Parking Lot uh, on Honolulu Avenue. And Montrose is this really cool, tucked out of the way little spot up in um, like north of North Pasadena and east of like Glendale. So it's pretty cool. Um, there's some stuff going on on the New York Motorcyclist page, too, that I want to point out, and I do want to say, Two Wheel Tuesdays, this happens every Tuesday, bike meetups at Spiegel at 26 First Avenue, New York, and uh, check out Spiegel NYC on Instagram for some information. Uh, also, Fridays, every Friday, Gotham Bike Night, it's a weekly bike meet in Coney Island near Nathan's, and they do a night ride all riders welcome you can ride that huge bagger in one of those disgusting indian baggers or your tw 250 it don't matter uh the uh, 21st of June has already happened the 22nd uh, of June which is I guess today uh, Ted's Cycle Sh- Shed <laughs> Ted's Tychle Shed um, it's actually Ted's t- Cycle Shed in Newburgh New Jersey is having 1 million aftermarket Harley parts they're having like an open house sale I think or like a wa- warehouse sale so if you know about Ted's Cycle Shed and you're listening to this on Saturday bro you missed out uh, from 8 to 4 you can pick up over 1 million aftermarket Harley-Davidson parts. Um, the Harley-Davidson parts and accessories catalog doesn't have that many parts. Uh, on the 22nd and 20, through the 24th of June is the Over and Out Babes uh, and the Dirt Two-Day Women's Dirt Bike Campout in Bear Creek Sportsman Riding Club over in Hancock, New Jersey. And also that weekend, the 22nd through the 24th, is the Triumph National Rally? It's the 25th annual rally at the uh, Ollie Fairgrounds. I want to say on Jefferson Street in Ollie, Pennsylvania. It's ten bucks a day to get in and go check that out, dude. There's nothing. Triumph is like a couple years older than Harley Davidson, so I mean, if you want to talk about like a rich road racing heritage, uh, a rich off road and dual sport heritage, because they've got all their Tigers um, doing some pretty cool stuff. And, uh, yeah, a a really super rich uh, old British history. Yeah, go check out the uh, Tiger deal. Uh, Also, on the 23rd of June, the Westchester Punisher's Ride for the National Law Enforcement Officers Memorial Fund. And it just says Katona or Katona. So check that. Out. I have no idea where that is or who that's uh, what that's about. And then NEMM 2018. I don't know what NEMM stands for, but it's the second annual uh, Northeast Moto Meetup. I have zero idea what NEMM stands for though. Uh, but that's going down. Uh, there's going to be moto vloggers. Details to be announced. Save the date. All we know is that it's going down Sunday, June 24th and uh also on the june 24th aiden's ride and it's a uh, a bike ride and a party benefiting aiden jack seeger foundation and the indian larry motorcycles kickstands up at 11 a.m and there's a couple more things going on but we'll talk about those next week since um they're happening during the middle of the week and they're in new york and it's hot as balls in new york and we don't want to talk about new york Uh, Get out there and ride, man. Support us in the Motorcycle Podcasters Challenge. Go check out uh, Girl on a Moto and uh, Motorcycle Man and Loud Pipes and all the other peeps. I think, uh, I don't know who else is riding in this year's uh, Motorcycle Podcasters Challenge. I was super, super stoked about it last year since it was my first year. And this year, I'm like, dude, I'm just going to get out there and just win it and make it easy for myself. You know what I'm saying? All right. On that, we are out of (laughs) here.
1: To pick up the last lap. White flag this time around. Joey Robinson, followed by Mark Atkins. Nick DeFroni runs third. Checker flag out. Joey Robinson wins it. This is another hooligan. Expert semi-final. Top three will go to the main event. Jordan Graham, Chris Wiggins, Brandon Gonzalez, Frankie Garcia, Jason Clemens and Josh Schlay. They're bumping into each other. Round turns one and two. 47 out in front, Jordan Graham. 74 is running in the second spot. Gordon Graham leading him around. That could be the 76. Josh Slay, Third place, side by side, takes over second. That's the 24, 24 Frankie Garcia, takes over the second spot. 47 Jordan Graham waving to the crowd as he came around. Oh, you don't want to do something crazy though and lose this in a trip to the main event. Jordan Graham leading it. Second spot is Frankie Garcia. Third spot is the 76 of Josh Slay. Fourth is the 911 of Jason Clements. 09s oh, at the back, Chris Wiggins. Check that, he's running in the fifth spot. Final lap, 47, Jordan Graham. Jordan Graham is gone. The race is still on for second, third, and fourth.